You're listening to Work Tape, episode 19. Welcome again to Work Tape. And today we're going to talk about Beatles. Tons of Beatles with Sean. The Beatles. The Beatles. Let's get this segment rolling, guys. All right. Well, it's already rolling. We just go right in. We don't we don't really do too much small talk. Sometimes we do, but we typically just go right in. That's why I keep coming back. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I really do. No messing around. We just do it. Just talk about it. Jump right in. I got my boots on. Let's go. So you uh, checked out the documentary just a little bit, right? That three-part series by Peter Jackson? I, I had to dabble in it just because I know that there's such a huge icon with American history and American music history. And despite being British, uh, being British, I wanted to delve in there and kind of see what it was all about. Of course, you know, I mean, you, you, you got to, if you don't, then you just, you know, you just can't be educated on it. So, um, I watched about three quarters of the first segment and I don't know where we want to go with this, but okay. Um, Let's start with your thoughts. Let's start with the honesty. Okay. So the first, (laughs) my first thought, my first thought, it had a lot of good stuff in there that obviously it wasn't in my genre. It was before my time. It was probably in like my parents' time. You know, that was super cool. And it's funny because I actually, my mom had come over and I was actually watching the segment with her. I thought it would be something for cool for her to kind of delve into at the same time. your, Your mom sat in on it. Oh, yeah. My mom had seen the Beatles in concert. No, but she sat in on the documentary with you. She did. Yeah. She did. And uh, we won't go there. Really? Did she have anything negative to say? Was it positive, negative, kind of in the middle? Mm. You can just keep it simple. So it it was kind of a mixed bag. Really? Yeah. So there were a lot of things that she was like, oh, yeah, super cool. Like it brought back memories and you could see it you know, triggering different things. And then there were other things where she was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and she was just kind of disappointed. Yeah. And and that's not what I, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to initiate. I wanted to bring good uh, yeah, feelings you wanted to bring- <laughs> and some good memories back. And I was like, you're like, man, I'm a terrible son. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I kind of started feeling horrible about, about you're like, it's all the Beatles fault. About you minis- made my mom mad. About midstream things. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this isn't good. And so I'm like, oh, maybe it's going to get better. And so I left it on for a little longer. Oh, no. <laughs> and I waited. I waited to hear like I, I waited to kind of see some emotion and some thoughts from her. And she even said something that I was thinking. And it's not even my genre. But I thought, why is Yoko Ono in there? Like every freaking thing. Like they're mm. trying to create music. And they've got all these people in there. And she was just in a, like right there on every segment and i felt like okay if you're a band Mm -hmm. and you guys are trying to create something as a band um i just didn't feel like that should have been happening i I felt like she should have been maybe on the outskirts of things did it feel really disrespectful um I guess you can't always engineer these things. Sometimes things happen, right? No, and you I, can't just say, oh, and, you can't come to the I, studio. And I get that, but I could see right. I could see the difference between 
when they were together in the studio and then when they switched over to where she was in the studio all the time. And I could see the difference in kind of the dynamic and what they were doing. The chemistry. If that makes sense. Yeah, the chemistry just, it wasn't there. Like there were certain things getting thrown in and thrown out and this and that and the other, but it just, I, I think. For the Let It Be sessions with Yoko, uh, right? Uh, no. Oh, I, previously before Yoko, you're saying pre-Yoko, you felt like the chemistry wasn't there. They were there. doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were in like a, like a warehouse and they were going to do some, uh, what was it? Some, some kind of show. And they were going to record in the Sergeant warehouse. Peppers? And they were going to do the the show in the warehouse. Lonely Heart Club. That it, time? It, it was someplace that they had had leased through like a production manager or someone. I don't remember all the ins and outs, but if you watch the first episode, like yeah. you'll see what's going on and you'll see what I'm talking about. And it was like she was there all the time. And it's like, yo, man, I felt like. If they were going to put something together, then they should have been the ones to put it together. There shouldn't have been any outside influence. And I felt like that outside influence was may have way hindered, too strong, <laughs> may have hindered whatever they were doing in some way, shape or form. So I'll leave it at that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people share the same feelings as well. <laughs> of course, you, you'll see a lot of interesting stuff on the Internet when you Google her name. Say what you will about her, which I have things about it, but I'm not going to get into it. But just from a, an artistic standpoint. I do think it can kill the vibe at the same token you probably get as well. You're like, yeah, I get it. She's with John. Let's put it this way. Let, let's put it this way. When you go to your job, when you go to your work, does your wife come with you? Unless you guys own a business together that you guys are working in conjunction together, which you guys separate those two entities. Right. Exactly. Do right. you do you bring your wife to work with you? No, because guess what? You're going to be a different person with your wife sitting by your side as if you were not to have her there in doing your job. Good point. So it's the exact I, same thing. It's the exact same all thing. I'm saying. I agree with you. So yeah, I agree with you. You know, I don't have any bad feelings or anything against her because to be honest with you, that's like I said, that's a different genre. The thing that I got out of it, I know I'm spewing a lot of uh, negativity and I don't mean to. No, because you always go on the upside too. <laughs> this was this was something this was something that I just observed and I felt I saw a lot more like I I knew that all of them were pretty much really, really, really genius in the musical uh, industry. Now, who heads up the forefront of that? I really believe Paul McCartney did. George Harrison was awesome. Rico Starr was awesome. John Lennon, he obviously put his his sense in there. Uh, that's great. You know, nothing bad to say about any of those dudes because <laughs> they obviously got there and you know well you and i are both team it. paul like we've we talked about this paul mccartney <laughs> really surprised me i saw a lot just in that small tidbit that i hadn't known otherwise that really impressed me that made me think even more that he's a musical genius yeah uh than 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 originally uh, than originally thought of yeah right so you know, I saw him play the left-handed bass. I saw him play the piano. I saw him step up as almost like a manager. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. And just kind of taking the forefront of things. I saw a lot out of him that I didn't originally know or had heard of. And it really gave me a new perspective on him altogether. I already have a, a really good perspective of him anyways. Right. I know he does a lot of good stuff, um, you know. 
So there were times where I prefer the edginess or the darker attitude of John's writing. I actually do like that a lot sometimes. But I prefer Paul's sense of melody. I prefer Paul's sense of arrangement. I prefer Paul's sense of artistic ability over anything. And that's why Paul is my favorite Beatle. And he's a bassist and the pianist, right? (laughs) And he plays the guitar. I mean, literally... You know, going back to like last segment, we were talking about pianists. Um, most pianists can usually jump in there and play any other instrument. Yeah. And do it. He's a total jazz head, like hearing the background of his father, even before the documentary, because I have read some Beatles stuff before. Mm-hmm. Uh, disclosure, I am not a Beatles head. I'm not a Beatles guy. I mean, I like them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, we can talk about this, guess, Sean. Guess it's what? okay. We can say this without getting. Guess, guess what? Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will not get lynched today. Con- congratulations. Right? <laughs> so when we say that we like the Beatles, we know that we're not just fabricating a lie because we just want to fit in with popular culture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to totally throw some, it, some random it. stuff out there. This is good. So in growing up in the city I grew up in, we had a pizza restaurant that was kind of our favorite pizza restaurant to go to. And this pizza restaurant was called Sergeant Pepperoni's. Okay. When you walked in this pizza restaurant, they played the Beatles and it was literally had murals of the Beatles. And there were two stories in this place. So in going up to the second story where the video games were and the the kids stuff were, and there were some tables and stuff up there, it was literally done up like the yellow submarine. And that was like my memory of the Beatles. And I know as shallow or whatever as that may sound, um, that was my memory of the Beatles. That was the beginning of Beatles significance in your life. Yeah, the Yellow Submarine. I mean, I'd seen the cartoon yeah. and the whole, the whole nine yards. So I haven't even seen that yet. Not like in its entirety. What? Nope, I haven't seen it Get in its entirety. Here. No, I okay. have not. All right, so when we're done, that's what we're doing. We're oh, watching the Yellow wait. Submarine. End of story. Over pizza? <laughs> even better. <laughs> Sergeant Pepperoni's, where are you at? <laughs> no, but back to Paul. Yeah, I, I like Paul a lot. And he seems pretty approachable. I mean, I don't know how snooty these guys actually, in my opinion. You know what? He's actually super cool. So He sounds super cool. One of my customers, their son is a pilot for a private secure um, small jet airlines, like a private secure airline. He had come in to with his parents to pick up their car because they had a car there and they were going to drive another car back. And so they brought their kid in. And I was like, man, so you fly private jets and this and that. He says, yeah. I said, who's the coolest person that you've ever flown? And he didn't even hesitate. He goes, Paul McCartney. I said, what? You've flown Paul McCartney? He goes, yeah, I fly him in here to over here at the local airport, the small airport right over here. I fly him in. They scoop him up. They take him out to a winery out there and he rents the whole chalet out. And that's where he stays when he plays his LA and San Diego and his local shows wow. here. And I said, you're kidding me. Have you asked him why? And he goes, you know what? It reminds him of the countryside where he came from. Wow. And I, I was just blown away. Never I was ceases like, to amaze I mean, me. He didn't even how hesitate. Much, no, they're just people, dude. They're and, and just exactly, people. And exactly. And you know what? They're looking for a peace in their life. That answer brings tears to people's eyes of how authentic and just genuine. Like, dude, I just want peace. From the mainstream. Wow. Like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? I mean, if you were to go stay at like the Beverly Hilton or the Four Seasons or right. any of these freaking places, he'd be bombarded with all kinds of paparazzi and media. And here I am, 
totally ruining his thing. Yeah. So maybe we should cut that out. The last thing Paul wants is for me to get in his face asking for it. I think he even said that he won't sign autographs anymore. Probably not. I think he said that. And I totally agree with it. How many autographs do you think he signed? His hands probably got, uh, what, what is it called? Carpal tunnel from signing autographs. It's like gang sign carpal tunnel. <laughs> There's a part of a, an anti-celebrity culture that Paul adheres to, which is amazing because he's probably the most famous musician of all time. One of the most famous. Yeah. You know, him and Michael Jackson, right? But I, I like Paul's humility, I think, is one of the most attractive pieces of his personality. And Ringo, too, I got to be honest. I actually really like Ringo's attitude. Ringo almost feels more outgoing to me after the Beatles, like, parted. Now he's like this. He's uh, not a front man, dude. He's got more to offer. Come on. He does have a lot to offer, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, being that you're a drummer, they usually don't get the recognition, even if you're as famous as the Beatles are. Yeah. So. You're right. That's probably why he's like that, if you think about that, because he was not at the forefront, like McCartney and Lennon and then the limelight, like Harrison. And, you know, God bless him, dude. He's still part of the Beatles, man. And he deserves just as much or more credit than all the rest of them, dude. I agree. So give it to him. You know, he's got more autographs to sign. Let's go. Yeah, I I like Ringo a lot. Where are you at, Ringo? (laughs) Need an autograph, bro. Oh, what was it? Don't Come Easy? Is that the one? That's like his hit, right? That was a good one. They've got a lot of hits. They have a lot of hits. Yeah. No, they're an anomaly in music. But again, you know, I still don't really budge too much when people tell me. Like, I don't... My my sentiments about the Beatles are... I guess almost no opinion is really your own. You kind of just take these on from your parents. You take these on from culture. I'm no exception. But I do try my best. Like, if I'm going to like something, I'm going to like it. If I hate it, I hate it. And... The reason why I like the Beatles at at worst, it is because my dad liked Paul and Ringo a lot, you know. So at makes worst, yes, I do carry a lot of what my dad said about them. But when it came to other people telling me like, oh, like they need to be a favorite band. I was like, ah, no, they don't. You know, like they're good, but they don't have to. I genuinely, I genuinely either really enjoy them or genuinely am not big on just something they do. Yeah. And I also got into Wings a lot. So my dad turned me on to that. Okay. For sure. All right. Wings. And then, of course, uh, Ringo's solo stuff, obviously. Yeah. And then it, what was his greatest hits photograph? My dad listened to that all the time. When my dad was still around, you know, he'd go to the basement. He'd play on a drum kit. You know, and I was a teenager at the time. I didn't really understand anything, right? I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything. But um, the way he drum, you know, I was like, wow, what an old sounding way to drum. But, you know, I, that was my ignorance at the time. And as I got older, you know, I wish I could talk to him about it now. But as I got older, I realized I was like, oh, he totally picked this up from Ringo. He picked this up from Ringo, um, the monkeys, that 60s style playing. That was his favorite way of playing. Now, he loved Chicago, but he couldn't drum like Danny from Chicago. But definitely Beatles, monkeys, that sound. Some of those guys yeah. were on another level at, at the time. Really melodic drumming, really melodic pop rock. John drumming. Bonham. My dad, yeah, that was something that I never. That yeah. was another level. No, so, he never got into that. So, so yeah, so I'm not a huge autograph guy, and you don't seem to be either. Like, oh, I gotta give me the autograph. Like, you just respect the musician for what they did, and maybe hope that you get, uh, if you're ever in their face. You know what I like? You ever I'd like have, to? I like to look at them and and like eye to eye and just nod, just like 
that you ever so, get a just chance like a just to just to, just to have a couple words with them and just talk to them that's it on that on that level you know what i mean and that's all those guys want they just want to be normal people man it's crazy i know most of the musicians that i've come across that's all they want to do dude fans are annoying <laughs> yeah and that's what i don't want to be like, yeah I'm, I'm i like certain music and i like certain genres of music and the band's that I've You're been, one of the few people that I I've know. Been fortunate enough to meet. Right. I'm not like, oh, give me your autograph. Oh. No, you're you're one of the few people I know who nerds out like just like I do. You nerd on the music, but you don't just like have to invade their privacy. You just give them respect. I'm like, and I'm I like, like that. Yo, dude, what do you do on the off time, man? What like what's going on? What's going on with your life? What's going on this week? You know, just find out who they are and what they're about and what they're doing. You know, it, yeah, you don't. Don't elevate them to God status and put all that pressure on them. Uh, no, I'm. They're just. They're just another human being, like your yourself and myself. I think it's really disrespectful to do that, and I think what it does is it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on the artist. Uh, ministry. When I met Ministry, he straight up asked me, "Oh, hey, you want an autograph?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, okay, you know, like that's cool." And he signed something for me, and I've gotten stuff from White Zombie. Same thing. Yeah, you know. I, I was fortunate enough to get to sit down and, and chill with those guys and, you know, have dinner and have a beer. And, and that meant more to you than the autograph, though, right? It was right? cool. Because, yeah, we just got to BS just on a normal level, you know? And, yeah. and it was kind of cool that way. So, anyways, yeah, I'm not, like, a super fan of any band like that where I'm just going to scream and ask for an autograph. It's just ridiculous. So. I think most guys just want a handshake. <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> But you, you you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. I think we're in the same band in that. Um, it's a really cool documentary. I haven't done the other parts. I only finished a little bit of the first. But I was pretty uh, I was pretty interested in, you know, seeing the Beatles mania. You know, I wasn't around at that time I'm at gonna all. I'm going to go forward, too. I'm going to move forward with it with, with yeah. a positive outlook on it. When I saw that segment, I was like, kind of turned off. And I just shut it off. And I was like three quarters of the way through. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. okay, so if this one's like that, moving forward, what are the other ones going to be like? And you know I, what, you and know what I, Peter and said, I didn't though? want to go in with that mindset, with a negative mindset and then feeling that. But Wait, I is just, it Peter Jackson or Paul? It's Peter Jackson, right? He did Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Peter Jackson? That's the, the director guy? I think so. I'm pretty positive. Yes. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm going to just, let's just call him Peter. And so I watched some interviews with Peter talking about Let It Be, or sorry, Get Back. And he was talking about how... That would actually be a better... I think that would that would have actually been a better head title. Let it be. I think we need to sell it to Disney. Yeah. Wait, we you're talking about to, Get Back. We need to have them recall it. Dude. Which one? Because Get Back's the name. Yeah. Let it be. Oh, yeah. No, no. See, that's too typical. That's why they called it Get Back. Because they didn't want to just call it Let It Be. Yeah. Well, maybe that was their downfall. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay, Disney. Better that than let it go. We'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but Peter was talking about how, with Ringo, right? Mm -hmm. How the Beatles have definitely had their downs. But um, he wanted to focus on not putting so much just like bad stuff because uh, Ringo kind of felt that in, in previous footage of the Beatles, you know, or, you know, narrative spins, the way they have to make it all negative. Mm -hmm. And Ringo was really bothered that news outlets have to do that. They always have to show you the negative of a band or the negative of this situation instead sure. of highlighting you in a real situation like hey like there's some positive times too and so um ringo was 
really happy with Peter that Peter was showcasing more of an honest view and not just a negative, but showing a lot of really the happy times as well. I think as a whole, they they did that a good to job. That to me is honest journalism. I think they did a good job, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because um, they're not going to shy from some of the negative stuff. Of course not. I mean, of course they're going to cut stuff out because, you know, stuff is stuff. Yeah. Dirt is dirt. It is. Do you want to publish dirt on yourself? No one wants that. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. I mean, but you don't want to make it look like it's all happy times and, you know, but at the same time, you know, you want to see the highs and the lows and this is where it's getting intricate in all of that. And, um, yeah, maybe, maybe I need to watch. Dude, more. let me segment into Ram because it's a 40th and wait, it's a 50th anniversary of that album. Ram. How do you feel about that record? Because I thought it was pretty good. I like the earlier stuff. And oh, wing stuff. Because that's Paul's. Uh, that was the album he released with Linda. Yeah, with Linda McCartney. I yeah. No, the stuff before that. There was some stuff that came after that. I don't want to be negative, but there's a song that they made that's like a Christmas song. Oh, the the one that Paul did. Feeling. Happy. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. I they know, should I know. delete that I altogether. Hate that song. That is. I, it's one of the worst songs ever. I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's not just because it's a Christmas song. And it's, no, I shouldn't say that. So it's not just because, like, it's their little Christmas rendition. It just feels like. You know what's funny? It's actually not a bad song. It's just no, it incredibly. Is. Well, it is. There are. It's a horrible song. It was a so, song that so I let me, felt let me, like they, they did. Just to make money at that time. So okay. A, so there are there. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this. Real quick. It's a there, bad song, dude. It's it's bad, but there are some things about it that I like. Okay. The instrumentation's cool. There are some really cool little pieces in the track that kind of you know it's almost like you're chewing on something like gum, right? It's keeping you busy. That do they kind of have my attention? But at, at the same token, I find the song highly irritating and annoying which is the only reason why I feel like that song is played again is because it's so dang catchy. I think it's another reason why we hate it because it's so catchy, but it's also kind of like corny. Does that make sense? When catchiness and corniness get together? It'll, it'll never be an icon in my Christmas uh, mix. It's not in mine. You know, I like... Um, but I probably also have a little bit more loyalty to Paul where I can be like, eh, I will take this annoying song over another. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I'll give you that. That's kind of what I meant. I guess I'm kind of comparing it to today's like worst. And I, I think I'm, I'm and I would take I'm trying that one. I'm trying so hard to agree with you, dude. And and you know what? You know what? It's rough, dude. It really is. Because I just when I hear that, I'm like, this is probably the single worst Christmas song or song by the Beatles. Ever. You know what? Okay, yeah. I'm no, sorry. No, so 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 I think it's probably the worst in the Beatles Paul it's, it's era. It's like that. What what was that? What was but, that? What was that AIDS movement song that they did? Oh, I don't know. You, you know what I'm talking about? No, I and don't remember. The same thing. It's like you know they brought all these uh, you know from Wham to U2 to Paul McCartney and all these different bands. I will it, take for, Christmas for like, time over Jingle Bell Rock. I'll take it over anything by Mariah Carey. I'll take it over. Dude, that's you, bro. I can't do it. I can't do it. Hot, dude. I don't care about that. I care about how. No. I do too. I don't care what she sings. <laughs> well, I don't care about that part. <laughs> I'll take that over that. She's and hot, I dude. will take. I will take Christmas time over 
What's new, Pussycat? I cannot stand that song. I will take Mariah Carey for Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. I can stand Paul being all hokey. Like, I can do it, but no one else. <laughs> Mariah Carey's a kid. <laughs> She's I don't care about dude. that. No, I don't care about that. I know. <laughs> She's got a good voice, too. She has a great voice. I think she's a true artist. You know? Yeah, I'll give, she her, I'll give her that. She stays true to who she is. And you know what? She's never straight from that. She's never tried to. You know, she's done some collaborations uh, with a few I, artists. I feel like she she gives in too much to the commercial image for me to really appreciate what she does. I'm just not into that sound. You won't catch it in my car. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to go to your car and find it. No. <laughs> You it's wanna, okay for you want to you want to do my playlist up? <laughs> here we'll do it right now i got no problem with that look oh at, no what is what does it say right here oh my god dukes of hazard okay no who's the artist johnny cash there you go there you go that's a staple that is a staple look at him that's an artist right there look at, look at those yes it is that soul flies man the guy knows what he's doing he knew what he was doing yeah I don't know how you feel about Neil Diamond, but I've been, uh, I like that stuff too. I actually seen Neil Diamond in concert. I hate you. <laughs> only superficially, of course. I have, and it was only because one of my cousins decided not to show up to the concert. So there was an extra ticket and I got to go. I was very young, but I, I recognized the talent. My uncle used to listen to Neil Diamond. He used to have eight tracks in his van, dude. His like 1970-something Dodge van. And then he'd play it at Christmas and the whole nine yards. And you know what, man? I always loved Neil Diamond. Always loved Neil Diamond. So, yeah. I was pretty fortunate. And I don't tell a lot of people that, that I went to his concert. But He reminds me a little bit of Art and Simon. Who? Art and Simon Garfunkel. The Garfunkels? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit. They kind of had their own thing going. Different. No, I, no, no, no. I'm talking about it's. They have a different sound, but the way they write their lyrics, like the intimacy in their lyrics, I, I kind of not the exact same. If you the, but if the you, songwriting, if you listen to Neil Diamond stuff, man, like he's talking about from when he was a boy, yeah, growing up in like Brooklyn, New York, in like little housing and the smells and the. And the both, feelings me, and the, all of that. The, the songwriting like, from both artists oh, to me man. are instant classics. He's deep, dude. That's what I mean. He's he's way deep. Like Garfunkel's he, deep too, though. They're they really are. deep. They are. They are. They're depressing. <laughs> they are. They are. I mean, they're 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 better at being depressing than Coldplay. Okay. Okay. Um, Chris Stapleton. Is that the one that did a Tennessee cover? Tennessee whiskey. Of course. That's a that's a great song, but there's so many other good songs. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying he <clears throat> Can you talk about Cheryl Crow instead. <laughs> Cheryl Crow is beautiful, man. Yeah. She should have married me and should have been better off. <laughs> she would have been so much better off. <laughs> she would have. I promise you. I promise you she would have. You're, you're actually right, because then I would have gotten to meet her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> actually, no, you wouldn't have met nobody like there me. There was that awkward <laughs> silence. And then it was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, that would have been cool. Because <laughs> then she'd be sitting here next to you, dude. What awkward silence. I could, yeah. I could, I could cut that out. Uh, I could see? edit it out. 
It's easy, or man. Or I just left it in. So You'll easy. never know. <laughs> oh, wait, isn't that a Guns N' Roses song? No, but bro, um, yeah, that's your takeaway on the Beatles' uh, yeah. get back, huh? Yeah, we'll... Um, we'll get back to it. We'll have to expound on that at some other time because, like I said, I only gave the first three quarters uh, a chance. Of the first one. That's of the first segment. Yeah. And there's like three or four out now? There are three. Okay. It's a six-hour, seven-hour watch. <sighs> Yeah, I know. I and know. That's so much time for me. I think it's a lot of time if it's not a band that's your favorite. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah. If you're a total Beatles nerd, then that's great. I wish I wish they had that for the Whalers. They don't it have that makes for the Whalers. Me give a, it makes me want to get another can of bug spray. Or Nirvana. I would watch that on Nirvana, honestly. No, you didn't even catch that dad joke. You bug said spray? you were an out dad joke me like two episodes ago. I know, ago. but I was I was in my mind. The Beatles? <laughs> bug spray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, here I'm gonna stand up and you can kick me there. But we'll get back to it. But for now, we'll let it be. How's that? <laughs> That's good. I yeah. like it. Yeah, you better like it because we're gonna talk about it again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Among it. Among other things. I'm looking forward to it. How about we get on a Beastie Boys segment? Beastie Boys, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that. Beastie Boys, a run DMC time, that whole mid eighties. I'll have to tell you about the time I saw my concert. Beastie how many Boys. times have you seen them? Beastie Boys? Yeah. How many times have you Once. seen them? Once? Yeah. If you delve into them, they're actually a pretty smart band. I think they're smart. I think they just cause a lot of scenes just for fun, just to of course. bother people. What else do you do when you make millions of dollars in your board? They kind of remind me, or, or <laughs> would maybe... You, would you not do that? <laughs> of course you would. I think sometimes presidents ripped some stuff off from Beastie, the stage presence, because presidents got pretty... Could be kind of weird, too. Yeah. But that was the 90s, right? Different time. <laughs> yeah, we we could. Yeah, we'll, we'll we will into get that. into that. That'll be another. Segment. We will get into that. So <laughs> that is today's again on Beatles. But we'll also touch more on the Beatles stuff probably at another time. But for now, you can uh, send us your hate mail. And uh, someone. Oh yeah, George up a Harrison Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that wraps it up for today. And uh, we'll see you guys another time. See ya. Later.